Good morning, traders. I'm here. I'm looking. Where's the NASDAQ rebalance? Does anyone know where the NASDAQ rebalance is? I know I'm looking for it. Wheat prices jumping? What's going on out there? The Federal Reserve going in a blackout period? We got a bunch of earnings coming this week. Might be shaking things up. Microsoft Activision clears another hurdle. We'll talk about Tesla and the Cybertruck. We'll get into all the upgrades and downgrades out on the street. There's a bunch of them out there. And stay tuned. We got a lot for you guys. Of course, you guys know what today is. It's Market Structure Mondays. It's pre-market prep. Let's get this week fired up. Let's get it started. And you guys know, rise and shine. It's time for pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, let's get to the action. Of course, the SPY a little bit down after hours. Uh, you can see we're even trickling down here in the morning. We'll see what happens if the SPY can bounce a little bit. We're at 448.50s right now, trading in the SPY. Q's overall at 378.95. We'll look to see if we can continue climbing. I mean, look at the monthly chart on the bottom right. Big, strong moves in the last couple of months. Let's keep going. Let's go to, of course, gold outlook. It seems like gold has started to get a little bit of a move. We'll look to see if gold can continue climbing higher. And then crude just coming down a little bit uh, on Friday. And definitely oil stocks definitely taking a hit. We'll talk a little bit about that coming up. And then, of course, we'll take a look at Bitcoin uh, to see what happens with Bitcoin. Can it hold the support? I saw 30,000 being a major support there. We'll see what happens in Bitcoin overall. But let's go ahead. Let's stop talking about Bitcoin. Let's bring on Dennis Dick. Let's talk about the markets. And first, let's talk a little bit of a wrap up on Friday. I know it's it was Friday. It was a little while back now. What did you see on Friday that caught your attention that you're also looking at going into this week? Well, I'll tell you what I didn't see. I didn't see the QQQ rebalance here, Mitch. I mean, what? it was supposed to announce and Invesco said they were going to announce the weightings, the new weightings for the upcoming special rebalance of the QQQ. So we all waited patiently. We talked, well, it didn't happen in the morning. So I'm like, I'm assuming it's happening after the close. They officially announced that they would say on July 14th what the new weightings was. I looked. Yeah. I've looked on the internet. I've looked places. People, if you see it, I don't see the official weightings here. So I think they just didn't announce it here, Mitch. I, I, I did see it. I did see it, Dennis. You know where I saw it? I saw it on my milk carton. It's right here. <laughs> it's missing. The NASDAQ rebalance. It was last seen on July 14th. You guys, let me know if you guys found the NASDAQ rebalance. Because I, I don't know, man. They 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 tell us this big event's gonna happen, and then they don't even put out a press release saying that hey guys nah we we kind of fell asleep on Friday and you know we're gonna release it down the week sometime you know at least give me a date give me some kind of timing yeah I I, I know you were like me Dennis it, the market closed and you were like looking at the the tape like where's it at where's it at I, I don't know. see anything. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Chat's going nuts because my sound's no good. So here's the deal. I'm on my webcam mic again. I went and actually bought a new headset because my headset blew up on the show on Friday. It was like five years old, just crackled and died. So I looked at my drawers. I have no headset. I actually went out, bought a new headset. The fun thing is, though, the cord they give me literally is like two feet. My computer is a good five feet away from me. So I can try here. Here, I'm going to show you here. Well, now you know. This is how we're going to have to do the show. See if the sound's better. We're plugging in. It's going to change. Hang on. Let's see if it works even because I plug it in. All right. I can go over to here. I got way over here. Guys, guys, guys. Can you hear Sometimes. me now? Check. Check. This is how I got to do the show today. Check. I'm going to have a neck injury after this. Um, can you hear me? 
Yeah, I think the sound is fine. I know it's not as clear well, as we normally speed. have. Uh, hang on, audio. Stick. I'm, hang on, I'm changing it to my. It doesn't even find it. How the heck do I find this? Stereo. I'm still on the webcam sound. I hear you through here. Yeah, no, we got to change the audio there, the settings and all I that. But... I'm in there. Hang on, we're trying. But it didn't find it. My computer can't even find this Sony one. Sure, it's Sony. That's it. Done with the two foot cords. It doesn't work. We're going to have to tough it out here. Well, how, how about we go to AccuVision and we Hang just on. talk about okay. AccuVision? Can you hear me? Yeah. You're going to have to learn, deal with the tunnel sound. You're going to have to deal with the tunnel sound tonight, today, folks. We, yeah, that's just we the way it's be, No Joel, and you have to deal with the tunnel sound, but it's going to be okay. Let, let me see if this I mean, makes a little like bit this. better. Hello, can you hear me? Hello. <laughs> there you go. I reduced mic background noise. I tried to set everything up for you guys. If you guys want him louder or lower, that is something that I can maybe deal with. But let me know, guys. Sound is great. Why complain? I agree. Let's keep it going, guys. Let's go to some other action out there, and we'll see what we can get into today. Let's talk about Activision first, of course. Microsoft and Activision uh, acquisition clears another hurdle after the FDC appeal to block the deal falls through. The Ninth Circuit U.S. Court appeal on Friday denied the FTC's uh, commission's appeal to block the impending acquisition and now it looks like Activision Blizzard is trading higher after Sony and Microsoft reached a 10-year deal to keep Call of Duty games on PlayStation consoles and I think this was the the concern in the in the first place right of FTC that that Microsoft would make games exclusively only for the xbox versus uh you know letting like call of duty actually be played on all consoles well lots to digest here it does indeed look like the deal is going to go through so let's just talk atvi first of all because it's probably going to be one of the last days you're going to see it 9368 is now trading here i haven't heard the official announcement of the date now but this was like one of the last hurdles here. So they're going to try to push this merger through probably here in the next day or two. So if you enjoy trading ATVI, enjoy it for the last couple of days, because it does look like it's going to go off the board. Believe, was it 95.50? Was that the actual price? I forget, it's been so long ago. And it is cash. Microsoft ATVI deal. I think it is 95.50 or is it 95? 95. 95. So our risk guards are saying there's still a buck 30 just in case something happens there. but. In all likelihood, it's going off the board here at 95 bucks here in the next couple of days. Um, mm -hmm. Microsoft, I do have a day trading position on there, so I'll limit my opinions there. But, you know, you've got stock. Well, I can just say, you know, you the stock's up there. Rebalance could have impacts here coming this week if they ever announce it. But I'm just going to limit my commentary on Microsoft because I do have a day trading position there. Yeah, I, I, we'll see what happens with this one. It's already made the move, right? I mean, you're up there towards uh, 9370s. Maybe you get a little bit more, but at this point, definitely you're running into more of that arbitrage. And I think you already missed this move if you are trying to jump on the Activision train now. Uh, I think you're a little bit late. Let's take a look at just Sony's chart just to see if how Sony's performing on this also. You could see it's slightly up on this. Do you think that Sony will actually get a lift from this or... Do you think they can actually get hit off of this? Well, no, I already told you. I had phones, so we're not happy with Sony. We're not happy with Sony. <laughs> they got small cord. two foot cords, man. Come on, give me, give my guy a little bit more cord action. And maybe I like man. you, Sony. Um, 100 seems to be the spot for Sony to come back up through. Um, one thing that I always look at is that Sony has a tendency of doing well in December, yeah. um, but not necessarily in the summertime, right? And then, of course, that's just probably just from consoles being bought up. Uh, so we'll see what happens this time. You can see it right here. It ran last time from August. You can see right here, uh, this is February all the way into July. It didn't do anything. And then in August, it started kicking up to uh, January. So something like that is what I'd maybe look for on Sony. Maybe a little pullback towards the 80s. Then it starts coming back towards 100. Right now, it's not the stock that I'd be looking at. ATVI is probably going to do a little bit better. But maybe EA plays a little bit better catch up. I feel like I like this chart a little bit more. What do you think about EA? The gamers Venice? are hot. The gamers yeah. are hot. There's AI plays all of these things. This is going to do nothing. If this deal does get pushed through, it's not going to, I don't, 
like some people say, oh, well, competition, now you're going against Microsoft. Here's it's really, you know, going to be tougher for take two. Yeah, there could be an argument there. But, you know, they're the two big players in the industry. Gaming is not going away. TTWEA, I think they're buys on pullbacks. You know, I like buying pullbacks. But yeah. actually, they set up even right now. You're just looking at these things. And they're the consolidation station after a big move. I mean, they set up to go higher here. All right. Well, definitely, we, we have some outlook there that we'll keep an eye out for. We'll also see if it affects different areas into kind of gaming accessories and things like that. But I think this is definitely something to watch for in the game gaming space. For a while, ATVI and those stocks were kind of a no play. Now you see them really starting to take off. And that take two. Yeah. And you can see it definitely pushing. We'll see what happens there. Let's go to Tesla. Mm, Tesla, as it looks like the Cybertruck from the Giga Texas plants finally rolling off, at least the first one finally rolled out here. Uh, in the long run, do you think that the Cybertruck is going to be a major lift for Tesla stock, Dennis? I mean, everything and Tesla is such, you know, a followed stock by retail. So you have to understand there's certain stocks that will get serious moves when anything's announced in the media. And there's certain stocks that, you know, something gets announced and the media doesn't even pick it up or care, and then it doesn't move off of it. Tesla is just so followed. Anything they do is always love. So they produce the first Cybertruck, and it's like, oh, my gosh, they're going. Here we go. I mean, so this is just Tesla. You know, it's – and you can't argue with the technicals on it here either. You know, you're breaking out to a new 52-week high. At least, yeah, I think it's a new 52. It's a new 2023 high and almost a new 52-week high. Not quite because we were back higher in this in September. But new new 2023 high, technicals are going. You know, the rebalance looks like it's on hold right now because they can't announce <laughs> it. So who knows there? I mean, we would think that would put some weight on it. I do think, and I've said this before, if we do later in the week get some weakness, you know, on, you know, some selling into that special rebalance, these are, you know, just probably opportunities to try to get in these stocks. We saw it last Monday, and that was a buying opportunity. I mean, on dip here, the trend is still your friend. The trend is higher. Yeah, something to keep an eye out for. And I mean, these are the kind of stocks that I definitely don't want to get in front of. Um, I was even talking about it on Friday. You know, I was looking at it and I was like, oh, well, Tesla's coming down a little bit here. Do we go swing shorting Tesla? No, that is recipe for disaster, I feel like, in this market. Um, just the bubble environment just continues lifting all tides, I think, here. And all boats are just keep getting pushed higher by this a AI bubble. And I feel like the, this could keep going, right? I mean, just because we think that the valuation might be a little bit high here doesn't mean that Tesla can't just keep pushing higher. In bull markets, valuation doesn't matter because the FOMO exactly. takes over. So, you know, we're in, a, we're in a full bull market here in the NASDAQ since the turn of the calendar. And it has not slowed down. You mm -hmm. know, we've talked about, yeah, Microsoft valuation stretched, Apple stretched. So many of these valuations stretched doesn't matter. NVIDIA, you know, to a ridiculous valuation doesn't matter. There was a little bit concerning with going back to Friday's action is a little bit of a feel of a blow off top in a couple of these. NVIDIA just got silly. At one point, time was up another $25. I think just too much, too fast. You can see we went from 430 to 480 basically in 24-hour period on really no news. I mean, there's always a headline in NVIDIA, but this was just FOMO driving the bus. And then we closed really ugly. We really pulled back on Friday all day and then closed kind of ugly there too. So that's a concern. The candle's a concern. But again, there's underneath demand all over the place from every portfolio manager that has had this wrong or not been in it. So, I mean, you know, do you pull back to 430 and then, you know, find more buyers? Likely if you pull back that far. So on dips are still underneath demand. It's something definitely to look out for. And I mean, when we talk about Tesla, it just seems like ever since that opportunity at 100, it hasn't really necessarily turned around. Yeah, it's had a little bit of pullback, but continued to strength since then. Um, and of course, we all know the AI mentions started coming coming in there. And now it looks like you might be able to get to 300. And I don't think we were thinking about that when we were near 100 on Tesla. Yeah. But let's keep going. Let's get to uh, the action, of course. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some macro uh, events that are going on. I did see that wheat prices were getting oh. a little bit of a jump. Um, why are wheat prices starting to jump? It looks like news broke from Russia's termination of the Black Sea Grain Initiative. Um, so I'm just pulling up wheat here. Uh, this is a 2 cream wheat fund. Um, not necessarily something that I trade often. 
but it's starting to show that uh, we are getting a little bit of a spike here in wheat. I'll keep an eye out to see if this affects other grains or something like that. Will we see some inflation spike from this? Something to take think about, right? But wheat getting a little bit of a spike here. W-E-A-T, one way to play this play. What do you think about wheat, Dennis? I know you're not the biggest futures guy, but... I mean, commodities have come down. Like some of them have... This is where we've actually seen deflation. You know, people are talking about, oh, deflation is coming. We have seen deflation. We know oil prices mm -hmm. have come down. Wheat prices have come down. Commodity prices are coming down. Lumber prices have come down. We've talked about that with my, you know, my shop bills. So, I mean... There's, you know, has been deflation in commodity prices. Is this something that eventually, you know, the, the stuff starts to get bought back up? I think as the economy still shows strength, yeah, I do think eventually it rolls into commodities as too. So, you know, there's a tale of two markets here right now. Commodities have been depressed, haven't really participated in the recent rally. And then obviously, you know, the bonds have been somewhat depressed too. And then you got the tech and the AI bubble that's just been driving the bus. So either we're going to see eventually see a catch up trade with some of the other stuff because when people are making more money they buy more stuff or you know maybe you know we see a little cool off period in the overall stock market too i do think eventually we see a reconnection here though i don't think we just continue to see that gap wide and wide nobody needs commodities or bonds or anything like that we're just all buying tech stocks i think you know eventually that trade does cool off and as it goes higher, I'll be keeping an eye out to see if we can actually get off the bottom for a long time. Everyone was scared about what would happen with wheat uh, supplies. Um, then we got that deal, the Black Sea Grain Initiative, and that kind of saved that issue. We'll see if this actually gets wheat to start spiking and if other uh, stocks get to spike. One thing, of course, the dollar has been affecting these stocks also as the dollar goes lower, something to keep an eye out for. Um, and that could also affect different outlooks right like i've been watching kind of like steel to see if it gets a lift or fcx like copper right um to see if it's going to get the lift of course and when that dollar goes down a lot of the times i take a look to see if these will start to push um they were pushing last week a little bit here i'll keep an eye out on basic materials to see if they go higher all right let's go to the fed's of course, is in the blackout period right now and um, near 97% chance for the central bank to increase interest rates later this month. Um, I'm going to pull that into some bank talk, right? And I think that this is something to uh, think about, of course, uh, as the Fed goes into the blackout period and isn't going to be talking, could this just keep this trade kind of going higher? Banks gave good earnings. Uh, bank of America comes out tomorrow. What do you think here, Dennis? Well, and it was, it's concerning here as well. And there is some concerns here. So we talked on Friday about, you know, the trend, it seems like every single quarter, the banks come out and beat, and then they turn around and roll over. And we're like, hopeful that doesn't happen. No, it exactly happened again. History continues, not even to rhyme, but to exactly repeat itself on the banks. Yeah. JP Morgan, great numbers, opens up, it's trading up five bucks, gives it all back. Citigroup turns around and goes red. Um, and heavy red, like an ugly candle. And its yeah. earnings maybe weren't great. Wells Fargo was trading higher, gives it all back. Those are the majors. Then you go to the regionals, and that's where the problems start. Look at State Street. They reported it was fine. Go to the quarter if you go into the Benzinga Pro. The quarter wasn't that bad. I mean, we're looking at the numbers there, and I'm just grabbing it. Yeah, 217 versus 210 beats the estimate. Sales were slightly light. Um, you know, we, we know that there's been some outflows in some of these, so there were some issues, but holy mackerel, they started selling it on the opening print and they did not stop. And it ended up losing almost 10% on the day. Now you're challenging the 2023 lows on State Street. So this sets up very badly for the regionals here, really, in the fact that, you know, all, all of a sudden we got to worry about their earnings. So these weren't even that bad and they punished the stock. So we're obviously going to get Schwab is not a regional, but they've been piling it into there. So we'll just throw it in the category. PNC is coming this week. You know, we're going to hear a lot of smaller regional bank earnings this week. How are they? Are they okay? Or do we end up losing the KRE again? Because this is what keeps continuing to holding the IWM back. IWM cannot continue to sustain and catch up trade if we don't get bank participation. There's just too much banks in there. So, I'm and, and the banks, again, affect the small cast, which just snowballs from there. But KRE has struggled to 45. We look like we failed there again on Friday, just under it. Didn't quite get up to 45, but 44.39, open at the high tick. And then we have the key reversal, and it starts looking down again. You start thinking that 45 level 
just is so challenging there. If you could ever get above that, it would pick up everything, but just hasn't been the case. So, I mean, this is the boogeyman in the room. This is what the issues have been for the IWM and the small caps is that the banks, the regionals are still not looking great. STT did nothing to help relieve, uh, relieve, relieve those concerns. Well, uh, JP Morgan not relieving those concerns also, right? Downgrading State Street to underweight and lowering the price target to 71. Even though the price target of 71 is above the price action just right crazy. now. It's just like, I, it's, I don't understand the analysts sometimes. So here you are. You're <laughs> telling me I'm downgrading it now. I guess they're downgrading it to only neutral. So, yeah. you know, oh no, there's an underweight. You're right. You're looking at the yeah, underweight. To underweight, yeah. But they tell you to sell it. But they put their price target at 71. It's underperforming. That's but... higher than where it's trading right now. What the hell, man? Get this analyst on and just ask them WTF. I Let's no just be honest. If I was the analyst, Dennis, I'd look at that monthly chart and I'd say 60. <laughs> yeah. If you want to come out and put a sell on it, at least have a, a price target that's below the current price. Yeah, $6 it's lower. It seems sense, a girl. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. At yeah. least put 66 at the monthly support there and then be like, okay, well, it went down $3. I already got it. You know what I mean? But 71, how does that make sense? No, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We're going underweight something, but the stock is supposed to go up. So then you got two more That's downgrades. The Lemming trade fully on STT downgraded by, let's grab them, UBS and STT also downgraded by Keith Berea. So you've got, and they're just lowering to neutrals with like current price targets, but you know, everybody just chasing price here. Once again, I don't even know what to say. I mean, obviously I'm concerned about the stock. The price action was terrible. You do have some support down here, but I'm not looking to buy this dip. And if you start making new 52 week lows on some of these banks, that's not good news for the IWM. Well, one thing is I'll also say is that of course, prolonged interest rates at higher rates is what is going to keep affecting these regional banks, right? If we keep rates at the rates that there are, and if we keep, if anything, talking about increasing rates from where they are now, and we keep holding the rates there, the ones that are going to keep getting hit, I think, are the regional banks. The big ones, we've seen it. JPM, I mean, we're able to make money with the interest rates higher, right? I don't think these regional banks are going to be as good or as fortunate in these higher interest rates as some of the major banks. Well, it's and it's not just that. It's just the concern of the bank runs, you know, and that we can think we forgot about that from three months ago and can forget about it. But if we start seeing these regional bank earnings start to drive stocks, regional banks down 10 percent on decent earnings, the STT, they weren't that bad. That that price action is not what you want to see. So, yeah, the majors, I'm not worried about. I'm not worried about bank. But but again, they haven't participated either. J, but take JP Morgan out of the equation. Bank America is sitting, right, you know, in the same range it's been for the last three or four months, and it's down over the course of the year. Citigroup's the same story. Citigroup is just flat out ugly. I don't like that one at all. Um, Morgan Stanley is kind of in the same range here. Goldman Sachs, yeah. kind of in the same range here. Wells Fargo kind of, you know, has been drifting a little bit higher, but really you know the banks have not participated and when you start seeing them fall 10 percent earnings like state street that is not a bullish sign not for them yeah and I, and keep an eye out on that uh one way that i'll be watching for kind of day trade action is i look at the faz um of course as the direction financial bear uh leverage shares but that's just because i i look to sometimes play these on a little bit of some day trade uh just renting the momentum We'll see if the bank momentum can continue going lower. Of course, we also got like a kind of Morgan Stanley, right? Uh, set to one uh, Morgan Stanley's report here uh, tomorrow, right before the open, right? And I think that that's going to be another important one to kind of keep an eye out for. Um, just been sleepy too. Will that one go towards the 80s, right? 82s. This was one that I was looking at in the past and it's just been sideways. A lot of these banks have been sideways. JPM is the only one that's pretty much been going up in this time right and i mean yeah. that's one thing that i would point to that's the only one i see that that's actually agreed. if i owned any of them it's jp morgan it's the only one i want to own but I, people are asking you would you buy the regionals long term you know there's good value here i don't think we have enough information to make that call because we know long-term bank investments we've talked about this before overall have not been great anyways 
And then when you got concerns about, you know, people still you know, moving money around or moving from regionals because of before, we got to get to this earnings season and see what those were all about. But the State Street move makes me want to own any regional banks. And of course, we'll be getting into more second quarter earnings season as it just getting started. We got a lot of earnings reports later in the week that we got to pay attention to. Some big boys really start coming in, right? Tesla, Netflix, United, IBM. Will IBM finally give us some AI news that actually matters? That's what I think I'll be looking for. Uh, yeah. But there's other major reports definitely this week that you'll be watching. What's on your eyes? Well, uh, Netflix. Netflix on Wednesday. Netflix. It's Netflix. We've already talked, Tesla. Well, that's obviously going to be the big report. But the other big report for Wednesday is Netflix. The stock mm. continues to go higher here. It's up here again. You know, so here you are. It's a trade, you know, run up in the earnings here again. We know there's alpha extracted from being long earnings ahead of reports. Um, the expectations are definitely going to be a little bit higher here. That is one concern, but I just think the subscriber growth is going to be there from there. You know, this, this, you know, password sharing crackdown, that's going to drive subscriber growth too, because people want their Netflix and they're like, well, I can't borrow my password to my buddy. I'll just pay the 15 bucks and go. I think it was a smart idea. I think you'll actually be surprised at how strong the, the password, the, the network, the, the, the subscriber growth is going to be. So I, I like Netflix. Do you think the strike on Hollywood will have any effect on Netflix? As, I think uh, it has more effect on Disney than anything. And Disney just mm -hmm. cannot get out of its own way. This Disney chart is absolutely atrocious here now. You've hung out here too long at the 90s. We know, and I you know, have basically turned bearish on this stock because you know we got the Iger and we gave her commentary Friday that I was like a Thursday or Friday or whenever it was that Iger got announced that. I'm like, I don't think the market wants the same thing for the next two years. I think the market wants something fresh, something new. You know, whatever Iger, you know, he's only been in there nine months or 10 months, but it doesn't seem to be showing any results yet whatsoever. Like we said, ESPN's a mess. You know, Disney Plus is an absolute disaster. The Star Wars stuff has not been great in some of the new content. And the parks are apparently starting to show attendance numbers starting to decline somewhat. Problems everywhere for Disney. 19 times you know are you okay long term probably but i'm out i i've tried to buy it a couple times i'm out on this because it's been down here too long i think there could be another repricing i think this could start breaking out a new 52 week lows yeah and i think about it this way and i uh, a lot of times when i think about investment charts i take a look at the monthly chart right and trying to think about things in long term and i mean disney 10 years later nine years later if i got this in 2014 how much have i made i haven't made a buck they screwed up, you know, and, and what is that? You know, you've got the Fox acquisition, which was an epic disaster, um, and that's held down the share prices too. And they've just made some mistakes. And I mean, they have some dying businesses. And ESPN, maybe, maybe this brings us to our AT&T conversation. Yeah. Because, you know, you got ESPN that just, they can't figure out what to do with it. How do you know what, what they're, where they're going with it? Um, I, I, I'm scared of the Disney chart here. You know, I see the support. I, you know, I do think, you know, long-term hope, I hope Disney will figure it out. But right now, after that, after this long consolidation and not getting out of here now, I think the path is of least resistance is lower for Disney here. So I will buy Disney at some point in time, but it's not today. And, you know, I, I, I see the chat and I see you guys, you know, I, I don't want to get into the conversation here about the politicalness on both sides, but I mean, I don't think that's just only the reason why, right? I think at the end of the day, Disney has had the opportunity to really grow and has just not done anything, really. I mean, yeah, they 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 did a streaming service, but look how they what they did with the content, right? Did Star Wars content get better? No, it got worse. It got, it got worse, down. right? It got watered down and it got worse. Did Marvel content get better? No, it got worse, man. They've, they've had these huge licenses, huge products that they can go ahead and expand on. And if anything, has been a failure to them. And I think that that's one thing that Iger recently just said in his interview with CNBC. He said that they were going to go away from doing Star Wars and away from doing Marvel kind of uh, Marvel content, right? And I think that one thing that I think we need to be looking at is what will Disney change here? 
The only thing that I think could save Disney here is the metaverse. That's the only thing that I can see them well, getting saved. AI on, too. There's a play here long term, and there will be a play here long term for AI, metaverse. All that fits in here. We've argued this before, but they just got so many current problems right now. I'm not looking five years out on this puppy. I'm looking in, and the shareholders don't wait that long. I just think there's too many current problems here right now to be long Disney at this point in time. We've had a few good trades off the 90 off of Disney. We bought a few times. It took a lot of heat from the chat. Every one of those trades worked out. But this time, I feel like you're like the third or fourth time really down here. And it feels like this time it might not work out. And that's why I'm like, I played this a couple times. worked out really well. I tried it off the 90. I actually did buy it a, a few weeks ago thinking, you know, but then I'm like, no, nah, there's just too much crap here. And then when the Iger thing happens, I'm like, I'm out. Man. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I I don't want to hear uh, Iger for another two years because it just hasn't worked out. So, you know, that's a conversation with Disney. But let's go to AT&T. Let's go to which, AT&T. you know, is tied into a certain extent, like, you know, obviously ESPN and all that. But AT&T is just an epic disaster here. Yeah, I mean, Citigroup. down to, like, I don't know how many lows. Like my chart doesn't go back that far enough, but it's got to be like a ten or fifteen year low. Yeah, I got you right here. Look at this. Look at this chart. Back when they split it, we're back to the split date in '93, man. Of uh, you got June, the dividends. To, June twenty six, '93. You've been getting paid. We'll give them that. You're still you were still making money because you've been getting the nice dividends here, but not in the last like three or four or five years. The the the, the depreciation of the stock has not made up for the, the dividends have not made up for the depreciation in the stock. Man, and think that you're back to 93s. Sometimes you're you back in the pricing. Look, and you got to look past the dividend and say, oh, it's a 7.79% dividend. That's what everybody did at 30. And then they cut the dividend in half. And now it's at 14. And they're doing it again. You know what's going to probably happen? They're going to cut the dividend again. And then it's not going to look as good here. This company is maybe the biggest disaster out of all the major companies like that we talk about, you know, that are widely followed. This one is maybe been the worst. AT&T just cannot figure anything out here. They have DirecTV, like to your point, Mitch, you were saying it earlier. I don't know what they're doing with that. But all of their businesses are under attack. Streaming is killing them too. Wireless is getting cheaper. There's competition coming all over the place for that as well. I mean, this is just a, a stock here that just has the fundamentals just driving the price lower and people keep buying it for the dividend but the problem is they all did that at 30 and 28 27 they cut the dividend in half now they're sitting at 14 and saying oh yeah i got a buck worth of dividend yeah but it's stock went down 10 bucks on you so i mean you've been okay for the last 30 years because you got a lot of dividends in there last five years you haven't been we've hated at at least i've hated at&t on this show for the past five years and i've been absolutely correct about that i'm right about some stuff i'm wrong about some stuff i've been absolutely right about at&t i'm staying far away from this stock yeah and it just seems to me like uh they're not what they used to be right i mean at&t at one point was viewed as one of the leaders in wireless they're not viewed as one of the leaders anymore i mean there are really down there i mean you can compare them to different kind of smaller plays too um and then they lost of course direct tv's lost now the sunday ticket and I think that's going to play a, what a major, disaster that is. major, major Holy. effect. I mean, let's just be honest. Let, why were people getting DirecTV? Because yeah. <laughs> like, of Sunday ticket, man. Because someone kid came and knocked on your door and said, do you want to watch all the NFL games? I'll give you DirecTV. Who's getting Sunday ticket? So you ready for this one, Dennis? Yeah. It's Google, baby. Google's getting it because get? YouTube is getting it. YouTube TV, and I think that's actually going to make a huge increase in YouTube TV subscribers, which thus will give what? Google the lift. And I think in the long run, you could see Google at new all-time highs by the end of the year. I really do think so. So I like Google too. Um, I wish, obviously, and we even talked about it. I was, hoping it plays. I was hoping it would pull back that 110. But you know what? In this environment, if you like the company, you sometimes just got to buy whatever dip you get. We went from 129 to like 118 or 117, and that was a buying opportunity. If we get a dip on Google for whatever rebalance, I hope we do. We, you know, I'm not short it, but if we do, I'm buying that dip. So Google, you know, on the AI thing, you know, when they had that blip, that was a huge buy as well. Just a fantastic company. I was along this thing for the better part of a decade. I sold it, you know, recently here, but I regret the sale and I actually want to rebuy. 
Yeah, I think this is definitely going to give them the lift in the long run. I myself, I'm going to be looking at getting YouTube TV and I would never look at YouTube TV. But why am I looking at it? Sunday ticket. It's going to push me over. It's going to make me get it. I'll let you guys know how it goes. I know that uh, Ryan Faluna already bought it also. Just needs a Sunday ticket. We got to have it. Now we have it available. And I think that that's another thing is that for a while there to get the Sunday ticket, you need to go to dish, right? Like an actual put a dish in your house. Now I don't need to. So a lot of people that watch football are going to be like, well, I mean, I'll just buy YouTube TV just to have the Sunday ticket. Right. And then I'll just tell my family, well, here you got a streaming TV service. (laughs) You know how it works. I I expect to see some big jumps in YouTube TV subscribers. Oh, for sure. All right. It's 8.35. You guys know exactly what time it is. We've been talking about different stocks today. We got a lot to talk about, but there is one conversation that we talked about earlier that I think somebody might have something to talk about. Let's get to it. Tim Quas, Market Structure Monday. Tim, how we doing? Tim Quas, founder and CEO of Market Structure Edge. It's good to see you. How we doing, Tim? Well, thank you. Good to see you guys as well. How are you? You guys, you've, you've got some energy yeah, for a Monday. Yeah, feeling it, feeling we try, it. Man. We try. Uh, woke up a little earlier, and one thing that I woke up earlier looking for, I was like, man, man, hmm. where, where, oh, where did the the missing Nasdaq rebalance go? Do you do you have that milk carton? Because I I've been looking for it, man. Did did you work over the weekend coming up with that, Mitch? <laughs> you like that one? The old, the old missing, the old missing person on the milk carton. I, did and Dennis, did you see anything? No, did, it was supposed to. Invesco said they would announce the changes on July 14th, and somebody right. just, I think, dropped the ball and they didn't announce it. I've never seen that before. Where, someone you know, took the day off. Unless I, I, unless I missed it, like, but I asked around and I'm like. I don't see, they said they were going to announce the official new weightings on the 14th and then the rebalance on the 24th. I think everybody was thinking it was going to happen after the bell, but I don't know. Maybe they just got busy. So maybe it gets announced today. It'd be nice to know. Are they still going through with it? Maybe they decided to abort mission. I don't know, Tim, but I did not see it. I, I just, I, it's completely head scratching to me too. I have, I have never seen that happened where you put out an an official press, press yeah. release saying you will do something and it doesn't get done. <laughs> I don't know. And it's you know and it, it's it's not a minor thing. It's no. it's a, a major chunk of uh, the US equity market and nothing. So uh, I look I don't know. It's uh, it, it, you know what what does it mean for us? I I you know it's hard to say. I find it I find there's a curious confluence of things that are occurring and it, they may be related and they may not. Um, number one, you know, there's been some discussion about how the movement in the market has broadened out that yeah. uh, the concentration that had, had uh, occurred in the first part of the year, basically through June 30, where a handful of stocks, you know, Seven stocks, eight stocks, I guess you could stretch it to, were responsible for nearly all of the gains that that has broadened out in July. Is it related? Well, it could be. I mean, it certainly could be. If you, if, if, uh, if your big institutional money that believes that uh, the, the, the weight in the market is going to shift, then you're going to make some moves ahead of that. Uh, I, number two, this is interesting too to me. Uh, when there is uncertainty, short volume declines. Uh, I've had these discussions over the years with, with uh, true shorts, people who short the market, and there aren't very many, and it's difficult. Uh, 2022 was a pretty good year for the shorts. But it's interesting that in the last five days, uh, if I look at SPY and the S&P 500, there's been a fairly, fairly distinct decline in short volume. To me, that's an indication of uncertainty. And you say, well, wouldn't they short a market where you're going to rebalance away from the, the pillars that have carried the market into other things? No, because you don't know. 
You don't, when you don't know what's going to happen, you reduce your exposure uh, mm. to, to the market. Third, broad sentiment is, and I've, I've got four things I would point to. Third, broad sentiment in the market as measured by market structure. There are we- various ways that you can measure uh, the market. So I'm, dis- I'm distinguishing it that way is topped right into earnings and options expirations, which began on Wednesday. Uh, and, and generally, that precedes a rebalancing of the market. So is the market already in, uh, participating in that? Possibly. Um, and then fourth, the, in September of 2018, uh, the S&P, S&P, S&P Global created the communication services sector. There were only three telecom stocks left in the telecom sector. And this is when uh, firms like Netflix, Meta, et cetera, shifted to communication services. Disney's in the communication services group. Uh, And we were looking at the data as that was occurring, and we thought, wow, that doesn't look very good. It looks like the market could tip over. And as you, I'm not saying it was the only thing, but at the end of September, the market began to deteriorate and then it tipped over in October and we didn't recover till after Christmas of that year. And the market fell 20%, if, you, if you'll recall. I'm not saying that's gonna happen at all, but I looked at the data the last three days, believe it or not, as good as the market has done, uh, we had the biggest spate of selling. If you look at how stocks close relative to midpoint prices, that we've had since the June, it's actually bigger than the June expirations period. At, at the June expirations period, the market declined about two and a half percent. That's not very much. The S&P 500 moves 2% every day. But I put all those things together and I think that there are, there are tectonic shifts that are occurring that we might not be prepared for. I might be wrong. Everybody who tries to point out what the market's gonna do is often rendered a fool. Uh, nope. I look at those things and I think we don't have our eye on the right thing at present. So I would say to traders, be careful. If you're risk averse, it's a good time to be very careful about the time frames that you have exposed to the market and what things you have exposure to. Especially uh, in a time like this. Now let's start taking a look underneath the hood. Of course, market structure adds. Let's take a look. Should we be watching momentum or low volatility? going into this week is something that we can definitely take a look at. And I I remember last week we were pretty low on momentum, yet some of those momentum names definitely had some momentum. So let's take a look and see what they're showing now. We highlighted Carvana. Remember, we talked about Carvana. That was the first stock that I said, look, it's in the, you know, that's a great momentum play. There were some, but not a lot. Uh, the, the, The great boom in momentum that we had back in uh, following May expirations, uh, it certainly had, had uh, diminished. But people will look at the, 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 the technicians who will look at moving averages. I'm not a big fan. You guys are good technicians. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I admit I am skeptical and wary of technical signals because I think they're often lagging, that moving averages tell you what has occurred not what will occur or what is occurring, but the, 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 you know, the, the technicians will say, well, the market has momentum because we're, uh, we're above some long-term moving averages. And generally that can be the case. And that, you know, we've got people saying uh, that uh, 4,500 on the S and P 500 is a level of resistance. And we have people saying 4,500 on the S and P 500 is, is the new level of support. I don't know. I don't even think about it that way. It's not the way that I trade the market. I trade volatility and I trade where there are supply demand imbalances. So to answer your question, Mitch, if we were looking at, we have, you know, we look at the math and here's momentum and here's low volatility. And there are mathematical formulas that just sort stuff out of the market that are highly liquid and have high probabilities of producing returns using volatility into those. And if you look at momentum, it has seven. And consumer discretionary is the leading category and passive money quants are the leading behavior. But seven is not very many. We, and we when did I look this at this with you, Tim, we did this exercise with you last yeah. week and you gave us four names in there. And I can remember yep. two of them and they actually went. 
So it was like, I think Coinbase was one of them that may have yep. been in there last week. Yep. I don't know. If I trade that. Wrong, but there was another one too. There was two that like, I'm like, holy cow, Tim was all over this one. So now I'm very excited to see what the seven are because we got, you know, proof was in the pudding last week. Yeah, I don't Carvana and Unity that were there last week. Unity. Yes. Unity yep. was another one, and that went too. Like, it pulled back Friday, but it had a big move there too. What are the seven that are in there, Tim? Okay, mm. let's click through and we'll see. And I'll point this out. This is demand, this green part of the graph, this is supply. And it's, and it's a 30 trading day look. Just to give you a, just a window on... What happened during the last options expirations period, by the way, you know, demand was topped at right into June expirations and it began to tail off and supply rose. That's how you know that the market's likely to decline. And you could you could shift short. Soon as those conditions reverse and demand begins to rise and supply falls, then you're back long. Here, this is the part I don't love. Demand is not very, it's not at 10. So this group of seven on average isn't getting to 10. The supply side has been the key driver of, of gains. No, so But here, yeah, exactly. It's that same issue where we're seeing uh, this decline in short volume. Now, you know, how durable that is, I don't know. But here are the, here are the seven that are in there. Ooh. So Caesars, Burlington, uh, Roblox. Uh, <clears throat> this, is a, this is a, you know, obscure uh, Chinese online education company, <laughs> New Oriental. It's a pretty good <laughs> stock to trade. Uh, Futu, which is, you know, it's a financial technology firm, ADRs, uh, uh, Alaska and the airlines, uh, and Snap. I mean, if I took the best out of these, to me, uh, it would be Snap, believe it or not. And There's Snap a story has... here, too. Yeah, I like yeah. the Snap. Like, actually, it's been so depressed and so beat up, and people have watched Meta, how the big moves have happened there. And yep. you know, they think, you know, like there's maybe that potential for a catch-up trade. Pinterest has come back up. I actually like the snap pullback here too. I mean, $13. It's a little bit stretched from where it was the three days ago at 12. I yep. think there's buyers here too. I actually like this one the best out of those ones you just named as well. And from a trading standpoint, traders, you know, everybody talks about the pre-market movers, you know, what stuff is rising. I don't love that. That's not the stuff I like to trade. I much prefer something that is declining because I have less competition to for it and I get a better price. But, you know, so if you have a snap that pulls back, you know, actually, uh, Friday would have been a, a great time. It's too late for that. But it's a great way to think about this, that if snap moves about 5% a day, see that 4.9%, that's its volatility. Average, five-day average move from intraday high to low. So 13.15 is the price. Uh, closing price from Friday. Let's, you know, if it's, if it's 1280, roughly, that's two and a half percent ish down, that's half its volatility with this kind of very strong demand. Demand's been at 10 for two weeks and supply fell on Friday. That is an, an ideal opportunity to make two or three percent. But, and, and you say, well, that's not very interesting. Well, sure it is. That's how Renaissance Technologies made a hundred billion dollars. They didn't make it a hundred getting a hundred percent return on Nvidia. They make one percent, one percent, one percent, one percent, one percent. That's how you get rich, right? It's not taking big chances and betting on red thirty four. That's how you lose money. But that kind of opportunity is very, very good. Just keep in mind we're heading into earnings. Things can change. Uh, but this is that's how you look at the data. This is a ninety day view, and look at it's very. You can look back historically. What happened when demand hit 10 and supply declined? The price rose. This whole deficiency in supply then was replaced. See this? So, so this deficiency in supply became an excess supply and the price stopped rising. It's still fine, but that you can see that. So you go, okay, well, I'll wait for the next opportunity. When demand rises and supply falls, now I'm back in it. And if you can avoid the declines and capture the gains, that is how you beat the market. That is alpha, outperformance with this taking the same risk as the rest of the market. So you can do that in situations like Snap. What about Roblox? We should talk that one here too, because RBLX is a widely traded, widely followed retail yep. stock. It's a stock also that has not participated in the recent rally. And you do have a long base here. I yeah. actually like this one too. Yeah. Right. Look, in I'm even writing way, this one down. I don't have it yet, but I'm writing this one down. 
I'll give you the good and bad. So the things that I always check are what's the what's the volatility? So very similar to Snap, which will tell you. You know, if you're if you're looking for an entry point, ideally, you want it down two and a half percent. If it's down two and a half three percent, that's probably good. Demand. This is less good. Demand has bottomed at nine. It's not slamming into the ceiling, but still, you have a divergence. Demand at nine and supply has fallen two straight days. The probability is you could make 2% again. And don't be greedy. If you, you know, you get that 2.5% dip and you buy a position, put your limit up 2%. And maybe your stock down 75 basis points. And, and, and take that gain. It's a great way to not worry about things. Will it take a day or two? Probably. But that's the way uh, to, to play Roblox. That looks pretty good. I don't want to get away from a central theme, though. There are only seven here. There are only 20. Seven. There are 20 in low volatility. Ergo, if you're just using those as metrics, they're not, you know, they're not predictors of market moves. They're just telling you the flavor of the market. There is much more movement to safety than there yeah. is money chasing volatility. That's really what that, that, that signal tells us. So looking under the safety right quick, let's see what kind yeah. of stocks are showing up there. I know I'm keeping an eye out on certain names, whether it be, will the defensives get a lift or maybe will industrials get a lift? Some some value names there. Let's see what's showing up here in the low volatility names. Okay. And look here, 20, healthcare is the top category. It just mm. means that if you looked at all the sectors, it might only have one more than some other sector, but it tells you that's the that's the leader. Demand right at five, supply falling. If you take an average out of the group, again, passive money leads everywhere. I mean, it's either going to be machines or models. That is what dominates the market. It's why the people who talk about fundamentals are often wrong, because fundamentals do not power the market. Machines and models do. And it's also why technical factors often don't work, because what determines the direction of the market is really, are we more exposed to equities or less exposed? So looking into the low volatility uh, portfolio, you're going to find things like monster beverage. One, one thing about monster is it is in the NASDAQ hmm. 100. Uh, could it benefit from uh, the, I'm in steamboat. So maybe the, uh, the <laughs> bandwidth hasn't w- awakened yet. <laughs> this doesn't happen if I'm sitting in Denver, by the way. So, you know, we're slower in uh, Steamboat Springs. Uh, but we got, uh, we got to get you that Starlink up there, man. I, exactly. I'm going to have to call <laughs> up Elon. So here's a notice. They all share these. They're, Monster they're was the one I was looking at. Yeah, it's a yeah. nice one there mentioned. See this? They're all fives. Mm-hmm. So that fi- what fives are are very stable stocks. And they have, look at this. They have half the volatility of low volatility, lower risk. So you can set your, you know, you, you set your stop down. 50 basis points or fewer, and you have a you have much less risk, but you're going to get a smaller return. You're after just a, a 1% return. But I traded this group all last week and uh, did very well. Just taking taking 80 basis points, 1%. If if you're if you don't want much risk, this is the way to do it. But this actually, Tim, this is actually littered with. Um, and, and it's interesting. It's littered with QQQ lower components here. And I don't, it's obviously just, I don't know if it's coincidental or not, but you know, we talked about that potential for rebalance and some of these lower components, which I like, you know, yeah. for this week, potentially outperforming because of that play that, Hey, some of this waiting for the bigger ones might go to the little ones. If you look like monster beverage is in yep. the QQQ, yep. you look, um, you know, I'm just going to play number AEP yep. is in the QQQ. So yep. in the QQQ, GEHC is in the QQQ. There CBS you go. Not, but WBA is. Ross Stores is in the QQQ. Yep. I'm just, you know, grabbing and, and I'm just going to try to verify. There's more here, though. Um, I, I'm looking at almost half of these names are in the QQQ. There's only 100 companies in the QQQ. So that's very interesting. It's statistically significant. Yes. <laughs> it is. Definitely. It absolutely Something is. to catch, yeah. right? Especially yes. when we're waiting on that yes. rebalance. Yeah. yeah. If it ever comes. Yeah, yeah, right. If it <laughs> exactly the so stocks again, are, might be showing us something, though, right? I, I mean, I agree. And, and it could be finding it here. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah. And realize that the reason there is so much concentration and I'm talking to you traders, not the Mitch and Dennis, you guys know this. Yeah. That, it, that you know, seven stocks 
were 55% are still 55% of the NASDAQ 100. So to absorb a, a meaningful shift, uh, there's, the reason that happened is because there's, it's so easy to get in and out of those big seven, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Tesla and NVIDIA alone trade $60 billion of stock a day. Put them together, they trade two or three million times a day, right? So not shares, times. That's how many trades there are. And, and 95% of trades are canceled. So it tells you how, how much activity there is in those stocks because giant money can get into and out of them. If that giant money has to scatter and fragment and drift down into these other things, uh, it, it gives us opportunity. It absolutely could give us opportunity to produce returns, but it could also be disruptive to the market. And so just things to be aware of. And one that catches my eye on here, of course, the good old stock that doesn't seem to turn around since 150 apple 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 and we know if apple's showing up on here if it wants to go higher that's usually gonna pull us a little bit more what do you think about apple showing up on there tim well it's head scratching mitch because it's one of the ones that stands to lose assets and yet you look at apple here and uh 1.3 percent volatility hardly any it's about you know that's it's not quite half, but it's 40% below the average in the S&P 500, very stable stock. So if you're, you know, if you, if you want a low volatility weighted exposure to the S&P 500, you're going to look for stocks like this. And a lot of big pension funds want that kind of product in the mix. Uh, and so, that if, you know, if it's facing a significant reduction in, in the exposure of assets, it's curious that it's sitting in here. Right? Does mm-hmm. it, it does that tell us that money may not necessarily follow the the rebalance? I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Look at this massive drop in supply for Apple. Apple was heavily shorted, and that's why the price the stock came down. But all of that has gone away, and so I'd look at that and say, well, it's not that Apple is set to is set to move much because see, demand is flat and supply is flat too. It's come down. Uh, so it tells me it's very safe, uh, yeah. but it's curious. You would expect to see sort of the opposite of that if everybody thought money was going to reweight away from Apple. So I, I find it, I find it head scratching. It could mean that a lot of these models, no matter what the recalibration is, are going to stick with these big stocks because they don't have any choice. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I've been seeing it a little bit, and I think yeah. we'll definitely find out from the rebalance. But I think, yeah, a lot of people are right. expecting to maybe see those bigger stocks go down a little bit more, but they're just hanging in here. I know that there was a couple that did show a little bit of some blow off tops. We'll see what happens. Like always, you guys can keep up with Tim Quas. Definitely give him a follow on Twitter, and definitely check out Market Structure Edge. I'll throw up the link in the chat if you guys want to go ahead and check out this data for yourself. All right, it's always good to have you, Tim. We'll see you next Thanks. time. Thank you. Good to see you guys. Have a great week. Take care. Enjoy it. All right, let's get back to the market. And I definitely will be keeping an eye out on certain stocks here. Um, Even on that list, Tim Quas had Shell. I think that one's a little bit interesting, Uh, at least from Friday's action. It's already down about like, you know, 1% or something, something to kind of keep an eye out. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Did get a couple more ratings that I just wanted to kind of quickly go through. We did get a lot today. Um, We talked about the State Street rating. We talked about AT&T, but let's go really quickly uh, to a couple here from Goldman Sachs. Chewy coming in here with an upgrade. Uh, Goldman Sachs upgrading Chewy to buy, announcing a $50 price target. Is this a stock that's on your radar? Is now. It was in consolidation station here. Goldman upgrades market often does list, and it's a big move for it. That's the one concerning thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so you get a 5% out move here, and you're like, oh, do I want to chase up 5%? I'd love it down the low 39s here. Um, but it does set up well. I was in consolidation station, so they were looking at the charts here a little bit too. I like the technicals on this. I like the call. Yeah, I like the call too. And uh, when Chewy gets the momentum, it usually has a tendency of keeping at least momentum for a little while. I'll be keeping this on my radar. I might even trade this today on live trading. If you guys want to check that out, of course, come over to live trading. That's starting up next. You don't got to go anywhere for that. Uh, Let's go to the next one here. Yelp. Uh, What about Yelp as that's going higher? Of course, that could be also playing into kind of the Snapchat and 
Pinterest type of play. Goldman upgrading Yelp to buy, announcing $47 price target. What do you think about Yelp? This one is chasing a little bit more. Is this AI play? I think this could be an AI yeah, play. I'll give right? it. Sure. I mean, it's internet content information. It has a lot of data, right? Is this kind of more yeah. that they they could come out with maybe some AI to help you, like, I don't know, find businesses or something like that? I think this could I, I be a reason so, why they're looking at it. You know? Yeah, I think so. Um, I wouldn't short it. I'll say that. It's just run too far for me now. I mean, you know, we were in consolidation station back at 34 to 36. We're kind of now 10% higher than that in four days. I don't want to chase it here, but I, I agree. All right, let's keep going. We got uh, Goldman Sachs reiterating buy on buy due. And I wanted to just look at this because I feel like kind of stocks had really started to at least hold a little bit here. Baba finally getting closer and closer to that 100. But of course, just recently pulled back on Thursday and Friday. Can can these Chinese stocks really get going? Well, we've, we've seen it a half dozen times, you know, where they start yeah. to look like they're going to go and then they don't go. But we are in this market where a rising tide lifts all ships. And we have seen a lot of ships being lifted as of late, including these China stocks. Baba's now, you know, you're talking about for take it back to Baba. Yeah. 10 points off the low from last week. So it's, you know, you know, when you get a little pullback here, is there a buy at 90 from a technical standpoint? I would say yes. And geopolitical risk. I don't like being long these things at all. So I don't know when that ball drops. But That's you know, so from a trading standpoint, from a day trading perspective, yeah, I think you're buying the dips on Baba, not as an investor though. All right, let's go to the last one here. Piper Sandler downgrading Twilio to neutral and raising price target to seventy one. Mm, Twilio. So they raised the price target, downgraded the stock, which is all ridiculous. Was Kathy Wood? <laughs> Kathy Wood was on CNBC um, Friday night, and this was her pick. She was like pumping Twilio, and it was trading up a buck on it. Yeah. Now you come in, and it's going to get hammered on it. I do think they buy the dip on Twilio. So I actually would go against the analysts on this one. I do think this is a dip they could actually buy. 65 or right in the range. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it comes in the first day or not, but it might. Sometimes we've seen these downgrades, and they just turn around and buy them. Especially since Kathy was pumping it on Friday. Yeah. Um, if anybody was listening to that, they might be like, oh, yeah, here's a shot at getting a Kathy stock on a dip. So I would not be surprised if this dip gets bought in Twilio. Yeah, I still remember in 2018 when I was looking at this stock because uh, it's a lot of it is behind uh, some of the data for Uber. Uh, if you guys don't know what Twilio does. Um, so definitely one stock that I'd keep on watch to maybe reverse out of this area. And I mean, definitely 45 seemed to held well. We cleared some of this gap on the daily. And I feel like that's starting to actually hold as support. So as long as that kind of holds 60s below, it doesn't look too bad. We'll see if it gets up there back towards 70 high on Friday. It reached a high of 71.24. That's kind of the area that I'd look to see if it could come back. If it could come back this week, yeah, it would be looking really nice through 70. We'll see what happens there on Twilio. All right. Uh, last one I just wanted to at least mention, there was some news on UAL. Um, that it was trading a little bit higher after a deal uh, for Union. So keep your eyes on the airlines. And then overall market talk. What do you think here, Dennis, as we start getting here towards uh, the open? I mean, all eyes, again, Tim was saying, we've been saying all eyes are going to be on this reweighting. You know, when yeah. does it get announced? They're saying July 24th it's going to happen, which is, what day of the week is that? July 24th is going to be next week. Next Monday. Yeah, next Monday. So a week from today. There's the actual changes that they said they're going to do and implement and said they're going to tell us what those changes are going to be on Friday, but then they didn't tell us. So do they tell us today? You know, does that, you know, all of a sudden come back, you know, into, you know, the investors' minds here? Maybe. Um, that That's over, you know, that those things move stocks. So that's, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, a weight here that I'm seeing. Obviously, I'm concerned about the regional bank situation. We're going to get a lot of important earnings this week. We're going to hear from Bank America tomorrow, Morgan Stanley. Nobody really today. It's quiet earnings today. Today, Schwab's Bye. interesting tomorrow. PNC is interesting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Then Tesla and Netflix on Wednesday. You know, big blue IBM. Goldman on Wednesday. Johnson Johnson, Crocs. Taiwan Semiconductor on Thursday. Crocs. Crocs, DHI, you know the home builders are always killing it. American Express Friday. So you got some earnings. We're starting to get into, you know, some, you know, fundamental information. Let's see what that's all about. I think you're in a choppy environment, though. I think it's still going to be one of these environments where we're not going straight up. 
But again, looking you know, at certain you know, plays, tech stocks are probably buys on dips. I'd be selling the banks on rips. It's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, real estate's an interesting area. I've been starting to look at some stocks that it looked like they're starting to set up. And it's not really an area that I look at often, but this PLD seems to me like it's starting to set up for a nice little reversal back above uh, 130. So I'll look to see what happens there. Um, American Tower looks like it's starting to finally bottom out. Um, mm -hmm. We'll see. I mean, this is not an area I look at often, but of course, the home builders are the strongest ones of the bunch. Toll yeah. Brothers been ripping. All these stocks just been pushing through the roof. ITB is another one that you guys can kind of keep an eye out there. That's, of course, the Dow Jones Home and Construction Index. And look how far that's been making a move. Of course, this could all pull back. It is extended, uh, but definitely home builders have been a very strong area. That's why I've been looking at like Home Depot and Lowe's. We've been talking about this since the move above 300. Now it's up there to 316. Can these keep going? I'll keep an eye out on Lowe's and uh, Home Depot, see if they could keep pushing. We'll see what happens to those. All right, that's going to do it for us. Like always, you will be right here all week. Dennis Dick. Myself, of course, uh, Joel Alconin will be back on Friday. I will be with you guys and trying to take lead. I hope that you guys appreciated today's show and all the topics that we touched. We went from everything, from all the upgrades and downgrades. We talked about Tesla, finally rolling out Cybertruck, micro, uh, of course, Microsoft and Activision acquisition clearing another hurdle. We talked about the Fed going in the blackout period. And of course, wheat prices jumping. NASDAQ rebalance is the headline of the day. Of course, we'll see if that does come into play. And when do they give us that release? Is it after the bell today? Is it during the market day? I have no idea. I expected it to be Friday after the close. And it looked like somebody fell asleep at the NASDAQ and didn't even put out a press release. So I don't know what's going on in that situation. Personally, I think they should have gave us a press release. But, of course, I don't run the NASDAQ. So we'll see what happens there, guys. Smash the like up there. We'll get you guys over now to live trading as Lord Ryan and myself try to get after this market and see if we can come up with a little bit of green. Let's find out what we can get into. Like always, you guys, let us know if you guys enjoy this show by hitting the like button. There's plenty of you guys still left here. So come over to live trading and don't go anywhere. Check out our community. We truly support ourselves in live trading and push each other to the next level. I'll see you guys over there. Don't go anywhere.